Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 57 is going to be from Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Baptism is the sign of the new covenant being the circumcision made without hands, the same as physical circumcision on the eighth day was the sign of the old covenant between man and God. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 read, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by the putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he hath made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Notice verse 13, that before one is baptized, they are dead in the trespasses and uncircumcision of their flesh. And so, one cannot be saved while they are dead in their trespasses. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. If the wages of sin is death, then this person has been cut off. If before you are baptized, you are still living in your sins, and you have not been forgiven of those sins, then you are dead in that sin, dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. And then after the comma in verse 13, he says, He has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. And so he makes you alive after he has forgiven you all your trespasses. Well, notice verse 11 of Colossians chapter 2, just two verses up. It says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of the of Christ. And so the heart is circumcised and the sins are put away. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, after a gospel sermon was preached, whereby the preacher of that sermon, Peter, accused them of crucifying the Lord and Savior, they said in verse 37, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then in verse 38, Peter answers them, Repent, and let each one of you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice what baptism is for. For the forgiveness of your sins. You see, this is where the heart is circumcised by the circumcision made without hands. The sins are cut out of the heart when man is obedient to God. In that obedience, they allow themselves to be baptized in water and crucified and brought up a new creature. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now, circumcision goes all the way back to the Abrahamic covenant. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 9 through 14, this is what it says. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you throughout their generations. 
This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations, he who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant, he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Listen to what this says again. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. In other words, back during the time of Abraham, during the Abrahamic covenant, a male child could not be saved without circumcision. In the New Covenant, Jesus says the same thing. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. In other words, this person will not be cut off because they are allowing the circumcision of the heart. They are having their heart circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and they're putting off the body of sins of the flesh. They're allowing that to be cut out. But then in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, where it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. Someone that does not believe is not going to be baptized. And if they are not baptized, then they're going to be cut off from their people. Just as during Abraham's time in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 14, the child that was not circumcised was cut off from his people and could not be saved. We have an example of this in Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 through 31. The Bible reads, So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go, return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zephorah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. Then she said, You are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. 
So he went and met him on the mountain of God and kissed him. So Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of Israel, of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoke to Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked on their afflictions, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. But what I want you to notice, Moses was a man of God. He was a servant of God, but he did not circumcise his son. And I want you to notice something. In verse 23, it says, So I say to you, let my son go, that, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. And then in verse 24, And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. God was after Moses because he was not obedient to him. Remember in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 14, it said, And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God did not even exempt Moses from this. And Zephora, his wife, had to take a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of their son, or God was going to kill Moses and cut off his son from the people. And so if we in the New Testament are not obedient to the baptism, to baptism or the circumcision made without hands, and if we're not obedient to having our hearts circumcised and the sin cut out of it, then how can we expect to go to heaven? How can we not expect to be cut off and lost for eternity if we refuse to be obedient to God? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If they did not follow his instructions, how are they going to receive forgiveness? If we do not follow God's instructions, how are we going to receive forgiveness? And it was the same way back all the way in Genesis chapter 17 in the Abrahamic covenant when circumcision was first introduced. If Abraham did not follow the instructions of God, how was he going to be saved? How was he not going to be cut off? In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, we have Paul, or at this time his name was Saul of Tarsus, and he was blinded on the road to Damascus and he was sent to Ananias the preacher. And in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, Ananias tells Saul of Tarsus, who would later become Paul, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Notice that wording there, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. In other words, circumcise your heart, Paul. Take the knife and cut the sins away by being obedient to God. Jesus had commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. They should be cut off. And if Paul had not been obedient to what Jesus had said, go to the road called straight 
and meet with Ananias. I'm paraphrasing here, but go to the road called straight and meet with Ananias and he will tell you what you need to do. If Paul would have been stubborn and said, no, I'm not going to do that, then he would have never had his sins washed away. He would have never been baptized. He would have never had his heart circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Baptism is the sign of the new covenant being the circumcision made without hands, the same as physical circumcision on the eighth day with the sign of the old covenant between man and God. In Romans chapter six, verses one through seven, the Bible says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Notice in Colossians chapter two, in verse 11, the circumcision made without hands causes you to die to sins. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you your trespasses. And so notice in verse 2 of Romans chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, they are very similar. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer therein? If they had died to sin, then their sins had been forgiven them. Notice verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Notice again verse 13 of Colossians chapter 2, And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he hath made alive together with him, having forgiven your trespasses. In verse 4 of Romans chapter 6, You were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so you should walk in newness of life. Verse 5, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so we see the mark of the covenant, the mark of being obedient to God. The mark that we are now entering into a covenant with Christ is circumcision in the Old Testament. And it is circumcision made without hands in the New Testament in which we circumcise our hearts in obedience to him when we are baptized and we allow him to cut the sin out of our hearts so that we can be go from being dead in the trespasses of our sin and uncircumcision of our flesh to alive with him having our sins forgiven. And in verse 4, it says that we walk in newness of life from that point forward. We have a new life where we have entered into a covenant relationship with God. In Romans chapter 6 and verses 15 through 17, it says, What then? Shall we, shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or for obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You obeyed from the heart. You allowed God to circumcise your heart when you were baptized, when you obeyed that form of doctrine, which in Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 is talking about baptism being that form of doctrine where you're buried with Christ in the watery grave 
and then brought back up to live in newness of life just as Christ was crucified, buried, and rose from the dead. And so we are circumcised and enter into a covenant with God through baptism when he circumcises our hearts and we become new creatures in him. We are reborn in him according to John chapter 3 and verse 5. So as we go about our lives today, let us take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you.